episode number 190. What's new with GM Authority? Welcome to the Camaro Show, a podcast about all things Camaro and GM performance news. I'm Chris Frezzo. And I'm Jason Debler. We're your hosts for this week's episode of the Camaro Show. Want to be part of our show? It's easy. Just leave a message on our voicemail hotline at 586-486-3182. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And welcome back, everyone, for another exciting episode of the Camaro Show. I'm Chris. I'm Jason. And we have with us a, uh, a special guest in the studio again. A uh, special guest. Who are you? Uh, Manny Katakis, GM Authority. Hey, again. Manny. Manny's again. back in the studio. Yes. Yeah. That means... Welcome back. Welcome back. The, the name of this episode is What's New with GM Authority. So if you don't know about GM Authority, they cover everything GM Too many related. Things. You know, from, from Camaros to trucks. If you want to know what paint color debuted on the 2019 Chevrolet Spark, we will cover it. But we'll also cover really important things, too. There you go. There you go. So we have a barrage of things. This is what we're going to talk about in this episode. So so strap in, guys. It's going, to be, it's going to be one of those episodes. It's going to be kind of we're going to be talking about what's going on in the world right now. with Not only with, with Camaro, but in, in, I guess overall with, with, with General Motors and, and what we're going to see here. There's plenty to talk about. I mean, well, that's we, right. We can we we talked about SEMA a couple weeks ago. We we rehashed a little bit more about SEMA. Um, let's 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 start with SEMA. Let's start with the Camaros at SEMA. Mm-hmm. And and just just before we jump in, yeah, this is going to be one of those crack a beer and sit back and join us as and yeah. close your eyes and imagine you're sitting in one of our garages just talking about car stuff. Any voicemails, Chris? We're going to get to them next week, right? We're going to push those till next week. So all right, I love these episodes, by the way. Yeah. So all right, now having said that, Manny. Yes. Go. You're up. Beers. So beers. Um, <laughs> uh, Jason, uh, because we know you're not drinking as nice of a beer as we are, we'd like you to start first. I like I like cars. <laughs> what kind of beer are you? What drinking? kind of beer are you drinking? Um, so, <laughs> uh, so this is something I just picked up called uh, Bat Building. Um, it's a hazy IPA from from the. Uh, uh, tailgate brewery right here in Nashville, Tennessee. And the reason why they call it bat building is because there's an AT&T building right downtown Nashville. Um, that, uh, looks like, like, like it could be like Wayne, Wayne, the Wayne industries or whatever it's called. Wayne, uh, Wayne uh, enterprises. Wayne, mm-hmm. but yeah. And, um, so the, it, it's got like a silhouette of the, of, of the, uh, of that building in the back. Um, decent hazy IPA, 6.9% a, uh, a, a, APR. <laughs> nice. you know, we are talking cars. not bad not bad <clears throat> apv yeah <laughs> yeah right good interest rate too um decent real decent the first time i've had it um i like it a lot though i'm batman <laughs> and, and what are we drinking manny uh cbs cbs <laughs> otherwise known as canadian breakfast stout uh back for well, the second year anywhere. in a row where yeah uh, yeah this year you can definitely and can but you really oh yeah i mean costco is selling it but here's the thing. They're still <laughs> they're still they're still charging you, you know, as if it was only like highly limited like like a year or two ago. They're dinging you oh, for it. They're man. really getting you, man. It's uh but a dang, it's good. It's so ugh. good. It's a uh let me let me read off the bottle here real quick. They removed the the Canadian Mountie this year from the from the bottle. Sad. Uh it's an imperial stout brewed with chocolate and coffee aged in a maple syrup bourbon barrel this is what dreams are made of right here (laughs) and it it is as described yeah you taste all of it wonderful you taste the maple you taste the bourbon uh incredibly powerful stout flavor very boozy beer yeah uh i mean yeah (laughs) what are we at here 11 tis a beer 11.6 ap apr (laughs) 11.6 apr not as good as interest rate as what you're drinking yeah (laughs) <laughs> can you can you drink that with a with a with a fork? I'd rather drink it than 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 be yeah. charged yeah. this 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 level of percentage. <laughs> it's wonderful. You can drink it with a fork, actually. Yes, I gotta think it's, it's on the on the thicker side. Yeah, this is a beer you can chew. Oh, it's good. It's so good. It's very All good. right. Well, yeah. I, I'm having a good beer that's expensive, but uh, boy, I gotta hand it to you. I've actually had what you're having, and and I don't like a stout. I don't like bourbon. Sorry to say. Because I understand there's a whole new world there, but just don't like it. But I have had a sample of that, and it is very, very good. It's tasty. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, tasty. and this is, uh, I think, a, it, 
it is expensive, but it, it lets people understand how good a stout can be. Um, even my girlfriend, for example, she's not much of a beer lover, but oh, she's gonna love this. Hmm. My good wife stuff. likes uh, Michelob Ultra. Congrats! At least she's not expensive. Yeah. Or you could just drink ice water. I don't. <laughs> <know. laughs> Right. <laughs> you know what? Every now and then she'll branch out. And she'll try something really cool, though, which is always nice. It sounds like she's drinking yellow Perrier's at Michelob. Oh, you know what? Here's the bonus of that is she always gets to drive me home. Well, that's good. That is a good bonus. That is a good bonus. <laughs> oh, oh, cars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> For those of you who are joining us, <laughs> we're gonna. It's gonna be a mishmash episode here. Uh, let's start with SEMA. We, we've covered SEMA the last couple episodes, but would love to hear your perspective, Manny. I mean, as, a, as an automotive journalist covering these cars for how many years now? Oh, geez. I'm pushing 10 almost. Yeah. 10 yeah. years. Um, there was only a few Camaros shown at the, at the SEMA show mm-hmm. uh, 2018 this year. Mm-hmm. But there's one in particular that we both agreed on was, was kind of the star of the show. The Ecopo. The Ecopo. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was, uh, I think... Especially um, from Chevy, it's a fairly revolutionary concept. Uh, a what is it? Something like five hundred fifty thousand watts. Mm-hmm. It you know a nine second drag racer that you plug in. Uh, it, there there is a video on on GMA that we uh, we shared, and it sounds pretty good doing a burnout. <laughs> it sounds pretty good on the strip. It it's like the biggest power drill you've ever you've ever heard this is just sounds like a giant power drill and uh you, granted i i don't know if it's gonna uh turn on the high octane crowd too much but i think it is gonna bring new people into the into the fold of things and i think that's important just you know just so long yeah. as 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 the 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 copo crate motors and the 350s yeah. and the 427s and all that it doesn't go away Shouldn't go away. As Jason puts it, the it's going to bring in a, a new a new uh, engineer called a what would you call them a volt head? Volt heads. Yeah, volt heads or amp heads. Amp heads. You know that are going to be uh, you volt, know volt heads got a ring to it. You know? Yeah, that, for sure. You know it's not your like your your, your backyard mechanic. You know mm. you, you you you're going to need some some well, some some and, expertise but, in this field. That, and that, and that's the other thing too is uh you. You do have to completely relearn everything about these systems, and you got to be really careful that you don't zap yourself. Yeah, because yeah. and again, you're working. If in the case of the Ecopo, is something uh, I've got the number coming up around right here, and it you know 700 horsepower, 600 pound feet of torque, and it's an 800 volt battery pack. <laughs> You'll feel that yeah. <laughs> if you if you mess up there. Yeah, it's not the volts; it's the amperage that kills you. <laughs> right. And the uh, it is actually it, it it it's not a single speed either. They actually found a way to bolt that to a, a functional uh, a turbo four hundred automatic transmission, and that I think is probably one of the more impressive things because up to this point, all of the EVs have just been yeah. Like, you just mash it and it's done. It's just been single speed. Yep. Um. Now, the other thing, too, is EVs can't do, like, they, they can't constantly repeat the, the, the drag race, or they, they can't keep running all day, whereas, like, uh, a gas power car, uh, you can't, first of all, you can, like, you can refuel it, you have, the, the, the system isn't going to, like, overheat, burn out, stuff like that, it's, it's a lot easier to manage uh, a gas uh, a gas engine uh, car right now. We could probably see some advancements in cooling tech and stuff like that in the future. But until that happens, and until you can get a dragster to, you know, recharge in twenty minutes or something like what it takes to to fuel up your, it it it's just a cool thing to make headlines right yeah. now. Um, yeah. But even right. the thing too is that you're also doing the the crate motor which is actually like a, it's a motor in the literal definition exactly you know which yeah. is which is very interesting and i'll be i'd be very curious and and you know probably by next year right they'll they'll have that available for customers if they can figure out how to scale that and build that and sell that but okay else? i'm gonna i'm gonna make a prediction uh-huh. this, is, this is probably one of my better predictions of of in a long time 10 years ago i said 
about the amp head volts head volt heads. The the gear heads are going to turn to volt heads. Now I'm going to say something else. Mm-hmm. The the power is going to be so incredible that the volt heads aren't going to be able to put that from rubber to pavement. So they're going to have to do something else to it. Imagine if you will, um. Uh, like like a like a ECM or a BCM or something along those lines, an, an interrupter of sorts uh, that translates the power from those battery packs t- um, between the between the battery and the tire that kind of almost does like a torque management, and it's going to be based on machine learning and predictive analytics, so it can know exactly how much power to put down. To the to the millisecond, to where zero to sixty will be like one second for a normal car, with these volt heads working on that. I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, the the one thing about the the E Copo Camaro is that it's a nine second car. Yeah, which is slower than a gas Copo. Yeah, um, it's I not mean, by much. Uh, by quite a bit. Uh-huh. Um, but that the thing the thing is too is that that's also Dodge Demon territory, and Dodge Demon isn't even the fully prepped spec. Drag, uh, it, well, what's the, what's the Copa run these days? Depending on what motor you put uh, in, are they are they eights now? They're no, they're eights. Yeah, I think they're an eight second car. Yeah, they are. I, I was thinking for some reason they were nines, and I don't know why. Quarter mile time. E Copo. Eight point five nine. Yeah, they're it's about a second faster with the gasser. No, that is kind of a big deal, but still not bad for electric. No. Electric, yeah. This is like a, their first machine gen. learning is going to come no, into yeah, play. Right. Yeah. Well, and even like you're already kind of seeing launch control software in gas engines has gotten very good. Oh yeah. And I remember uh, talking to some engineers years back, and they were talking about how well electrification can take the drama out of launching and just really right. optimize putting that power down. And yeah, you're. I, I think I think you're absolutely right, Jason. It, it, there's going to be a quick a quickness aspect to things. For sure, uh, it's it's, it's going to be on the brink of. But then you you know there, there's also like things you got to think about like you know weight, right? Like how much I'm, I forget how much the, the, the all e, those batteries. Could, the you know? E Copo is not a light car. No, um, mm-hmm. and it's it, I think it is definitely ha- uh, heavier than uh, than a base one, which is like yeah the the engine is a couple hundred pounds. Let me see if I can find something here. I think I remembered in the press release them saying that it was the, the batteries were spread out in two parts. Um, yeah, to they're, transfer they're, the weight. They're, they're spread out in, in in multiple areas. This is actually I, I really like writing about this thing. It was a fun thing to write about. It's, it I think it's a neat project, and I don't think it got the attention it deserves. Well, again, I mean, it, got, it got attention, but I think it oh, deserves yeah. a whole lot more. Well, it's because look, look at the main clientele at SEMA. They don't care about this. They just <laughs> it, it's it's all about you know. There's there's still like you know the, the the traditional gearheads. This is to them. This is something that's new. They don't understand it. It's a threat. Um, is it going to kill gasoline? No. I don't God, think no. so. No. 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 Man, uh, speaking of which, Manny, are you going to PRI by any chance? Uh, when is that? Uh, December sixth through the eighth, I think. I'm actually driving the Ford Ranger that week. Hmm. So, oh wow, I, yeah, that so, just sounds so much more exciting. I was gonna say, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tied up. All right, yeah, I know. Editorial. Adds, I so, okay, here we go, boys. Uh, it's composed of four 200 volt modules, each weighing approximately 175 pounds, which adds 700 pounds of weight. <laughs> That's uh, I think that's a bit heavier than a small block. Yeah, seven hundred pounds. Well, good gravy, man. Good gravy. Yeah. Wow. But we're also talking about just the start. Just the start. We are. Let's think about this. When Chris, when you and I were little tiny kids, a five-function calculator cost two hundred bucks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right? True. Yep. So by the time we're dead, <laughs> people could buy a Tesla for five grand. <laughs> Manny, Manny, Manny will still be alive, and he'll be, you know, reporting on it. Oh, they'll be prying the gasoline cars from my cold, dead hands. Yeah, that's what you say until they start smoking you on the street. Oh, I'm good. Like honestly, there's it, it, this is kind of the same thing that everyone was, you know, saving. Was it like five years ago? We were talking about just saving the manuals, 
And now we're just talking about saving driving. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like this stuff, is, this stuff That's is moving true. quick, and I I think that it's really the the car itself, and it's sad because like it's a very underappreciated thing, in that it is probably the last symbol of individual freedom left in this country, or even in the world, where like you can get in something, and pretty much go anywhere. And now it's. It's not you're you're kind of like you're you're very much restricted to your radius of your charging stations and stuff like that and that infrastructure your Uber budget yeah and the infrastructure uh, isn't it's not going to progress very quickly unless you can get major oil conglomerates on board and we're to where they become like multi spectrum energy companies but we're not really seeing that either and that was the big uh, the big thing was that you know people think that they people think that you need to get the government involved to help accelerate this process but here's the thing is like our cars really the bad guy are like why why do we need to have all of this electrification when we have a, you can have like just a fleet of 10 ships that are burning diesel bunker fuel you know crossing oceans to bring you a $5 t-shirt and no one wants to address that because they're not the boogeyman. They're kind of unseen. They're they're out in the ocean somewhere. You don't have to worry about them. Whereas you got people in the cities like L.A., San Francisco, New York. It's like, oh, there's so many cars. There's so much traffic. My life is so inconvenient. We have to get rid of them or improve the process. I'm not saying we don't have to improve the process. What I am saying is that it is a such a a giant effort to change a very marginal impact into the environment compared to things like ships and compared to things like diesel trucks and such like just stuff like that. Like your, your personal car isn't really going to make much of a difference. Right. And the other thing too, is that it's the offset. So how much resources and energy and at whose expense are you getting all these rare earth minerals? Electric things aren't mining these rare earth minerals. They're big, colossal machines, also running on really nasty diesel, bunker fuel, and who knows who's out there with a pickaxe in some denizen of Africa or some <laughs> other place in the world where you're you can find this stuff. <laughs> and again, like it's all being it all has to be put on ships and put somewhere. Yeah. And it's like it 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 it's all kind of inc- it's all polluting with yeah. these big machines as we're trying to fix th- an a highly individual highly individual uh personal like product yeah and so it might look good for an automaker to proclaim hey let's let, let's let's believe in an all electric future it's like okay where is that all going to come from well <laughs> Let's not really talk. Ab- let let's not go there. Let's yeah. not really talk about it because that's not. And it's and it, do you think it's generational as well? What do you mean? Well, well, the whole talk about electrification. Um, now, like, I can hear. I can hear a sixteen-year-old. I'm just yeah See, building like, a cartoon world in my head. But I can hear a sixteen-year-old saying, "I'm not going to buy a car unless it's 100 percent electric." I wrote, oh, yeah, I, sure. I wrote this on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and I didn't get a whole lot of responses, but it's, I said, if we all just wrote in cursive and drove stick shift cars, we could cripple an entire generation. Well, that's true. <laughs> they, first, they wouldn't be able to understand what we're saying. And exactly. second of all, they wouldn't be able to get anywhere. But what I meant is Uber. There's, it's generational. Uh, there's things... <sighs> I, have, I have heard that at least kids who are looking at I don't want to politicize this too much but right right you know yeah. when you, usually if you are a strong proponent of electrification you tend to lean a little liberal yeah and i'm hearing now that that kids of highly liberal parents are actually more conservative than their parents so really yeah and i wish i could cite the study for you but i'm i'm not that i'll take your word for <laughs> it i'm not a big dictionary right yeah. now so it but you are a big dick Whoa. <laughs> oh, come on. You left that wide open for me. Oof. I'll let you have oh. it. Way too easy. Way too easy. I'll let you have it. All right, thanks. All right, continue, please. 
So I'd, it'd be interesting to see in like the personal choice of of this next generation, especially as more and more data is coming out that technology is actually drowning us. You know, where it's probably social media is probably not a good thing for your mental health. Uh, oh, cell phone yeah. addiction is probably not probably. a good thing for your mental health. Yeah. Probably. And and what do you think you're going to be doing in your autonomous pod <laughs> as you're going to you know to and fro? Yeah, you're going to be on your you're phone. You're completely playing with your phone, and it's also based on like. In this time, one to two hours a day, yeah. right, where you have to be concentrating, focusing on something, i.e. driving, you can now be bombarded with ads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also the thing, too, is like there's lots of data collection and, and everyone is going to be like, oh, well, you're, oh yeah. your commute is in this route and this place and this thing. We're going to... Oh, my God. You know re- how many... Re- regional, highly specified, highly regional ads... That you know you currently see going on right now with Google and with Facebook oh, and stuff like God. that. So it's, we, can we put the genie back in the bottle, please? I'm not really <laughs> sure if this is what we want. That train has sailed. That train. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Wait, I love these shows. I, I do. do these about what? What's a quarter? Yeah, it's fun. Though. Give or take. That's yeah. Fun. Um, let's let's move on. Let's let's talk about the other Camaros. That were at SEMA. Mm. One thing we noticed that, like, uh, they showed uh, the Drag Race Camaro. They showed the Steel Concept. They showed, um, what else did they show? The, uh, the, what's the green one called? The highlighter. Oh, the, the, uh, shock. the shock. The, the, the shock. shock. Yeah. They all had the front fascia changed with the moving the bow tie from uh, the center up top. Uh, mm. Which has been controversial. Well, and they since. they also made that that they that, painted it. They the, painted it body color no. across the cross member there. That was very well received. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talking about that a show, uh, saying that's what Chevrolet should have done from the get go. Um, mm-hmm. They should be doing this. Mm-hmm. So, what's your opinion? I think it looks better. Um, it here's the thing: is that the the six gen the twenty sixteen Camaro when it came out, it didn't look bad. It never no, looked bad. No, it never looked bad. No. The the thing was is that you you were constantly, you know, there were uh, like one out of every three people that go, it looks just like the fifth gen. Exactly. And it's shut like shut up. Oh, yeah, it's like okay, shut up before something drastic happens. Something drastic <laughs> happened. <laughs> and true, uh, true. And that is that that is a good way of putting things. And now you're you're kind of seeing again the the sort of like this, this snap reaction to 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 move the pendulum at least a little bit back to yeah, center. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good move. And, you know, right now they're talking about it, but just being a concept. Right. Uh, I mean, my no, instincts, my instincts are telling me that it's going full production. Yeah. Uh, it, especially seeing that, uh, it, it, at SEMA, there were that, that production fascia was nowhere to be found. Yeah. Right. It was nowhere to be found. Right. I can hey. close my eyes and imagine the conversation that might have happened via email or phone of, hey, uh, we're going to take some Camaros to SEMA. Do we have any of those uh, new pre-production uh, <laughs> front ends available? We, we, how many do we have? We do? Oh, good. Can you get those over to me right away? We'll paint them. We'll slap them on there and see what happens. All right, cool. we got two days. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it, unlike in past years, uh, Chris and I were kind of left in the dark uh, with what Chevy was going to do with SEMA. Normally... Uh, instead of having to go the hot, uh, uh, to go through the hassle of going to Vegas for the SEMA show, uh, Chevrolet was always generous enough to host media at a place like the Heritage Center, yep. and we were able to like look at the SEMA cars that they were sending over there. At oh, least most crazy. of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, How dare they? Well, <laughs> right. This year they didn't do that, uh, and this year we it, like SEMA show was a big mystery. Like, are they even going to debut anything at all? Are they going to have any presence at all? They did, and that yep. was good. Um, and it was. At least for me, like it was kind of fun to see the no- the news roll out and to see things <laughs> like the Ecopo, um, right? And to, and to see like all these all these different concepts that were coming out. Uh, you know, they, they they did show the the Chevy truck concepts a little early, and even still, like they uh, I forget what it was. It was like a a, a trail boss concept of sorts yeah, from yeah. the Silverado that yeah. like even it wasn't even part of the original release, and like we had to like go in there and like we had to find. Uh, that debut, like it was in a, it was in a PDF somewhere. When once all the news broke, once the SEMA show was 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 underway, and we were able to to kind of like bring that into light. And again, 
uh, Chris, thank you so much for sending me photos and no stuff problem. because, you know, I, I for the first time in like what was at least five years, I didn't go. To, yep. I didn't go to the show. And 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 the first time in like twelve years, Jason had didn't go either. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. But it was, but it was okay. Do you guys still good. do the like a Camaro show meet and greet? We or did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, saw the Excalibur. Yeah. Yep, at the Excalibur. outside of, outside for the of the last time Australian Thunder uh, for, for the last time because um, the day after our meet and greet, they were gonna gut the whole upstairs and that was going away. Oh you know no! What? You know what? I wish I could have had the opportunity to take one of the octane, like light up signs and put it in my garage or something kick ass like that. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if so you can. They said by next can... year, they said it's going to all be. They're moving the thunder from down under downstairs. Oh, no. Thank God. And and they're redoing the upstairs. So. Oh no! <laughs> but we always had to go. We we meet there for like God for like good. five years or something. It's, I think even longer than that. I really miss being there. But I had previous job and actually uh, career goal obligations I had to attend to. So I had to make that sacrifice this year. I'm sorry to say. Well, speaking fun. speaking of down under the. Uh... The Camaro is available in Australia now, right hand nice. drive. Yes. Courtesy yeah, of HSV. Not, it's, it's real cheap, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's real cheap now, too. Yeah. But they've been asking for it, you know? Yeah. And And for a while now, they haven't been able to do it, and they are now. And you got to really want it, too, because so Ford is offering right hand drive Mustangs in that market for $20,000 less. Wow. Yeah. And. And if you wanted to compare the two, obviously the Camaro drives much better than a Mustang. But if you just want some V8 American muscle, right, that's right-hand drive. Ford's selling it to you at a way more convenient price. But again, like this is full-scale automaker versus HSV, which is a fairly limited resource, um, kind of a tuning company, really, not really a, 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 a full subsidiary of, of Holden. You know, and 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 with uh, the Commodore kind of going this uh, front wheel drive route and things like that, Holden Holden's actually in a really rough place right now. So I'm I'm hoping that they can pull out of it. I'm hoping that HSV can can help kind of like restore some mojo. I I think it would have been cool if they put some Holden badges on it or something called the Tirana. Oh. You, know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I I, I thought that they were gonna do that, but you know. Some Beg- of the, the videos, the videos that were out this week of them driving it in Australia, right hand yeah, drive. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, you know, yeah they they had a right. So this is uh, again Ford, but they had a right hand drive Mustang at the Woodward Dream Cruise that they were letting people drive. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's pretty much uh, curb damage waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, I know it's <laughs> kooky, and uh, yeah, I heard a couple uh, saw a couple friends driving it. I I I sat. I didn't even go to the Woodward Dream Cruise. I went up to Escoda. Uh, for autocross but um yeah it was again they 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 all like found it to be really unique especially because like not everyone gets to do these these right hand drive transatlantic yeah. uh you know driving events and stuff one of the some of the scary stories i hear from 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 my colleagues is navigating Lon- london traffic in a right hand drive bentley for the first time you know driving like right hand drive yeah it's, yikes yeah oh my god but you know that's why they they write for the big magazines. Exactly. Man. What else is going on in the world of, of General Motors? What are you guys writing about? What's 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 kind of like hot right now? What's hot right now? Uh so Silverado, um, new Silverado coming out. I I just drove the four cylinder uh version, the two point seven liter turbo. <laughs> What'd you think? Uh so I I can't really go into it too much because I'm under embargo until Monday. Sure. But uh yeah, it's You've got uh, what is almost um, almost 350 pound feet of torque in a truck that's 400 pound uh, pound feet lighter or 400 pounds lighter than before, and it's it's not it's 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 not as uh, castrated as you might think. I think that's a great answer for that. Again, I understand you're under embargo. I think that's one of people's biggest fears is when you add four cylinder to anything other than a micro con uh, compact vehicle. <laughs> They're freaking out. Well, and, I, you know, I will say that that this this engine it's it's part of a new engine architecture, new engine family, and uh, I'm told that it's going to be there's going quote unquote going to be more engines, and uh, it's definitely going to be the biggest thing we see this engine in. And probably you know we again we've seen little hints of it going in the Camaro, 
Uh, I think that it makes all the sense in the world for uh, certain Cadillacs. I think it makes all the sense in the world for even like certain Chevy passenger cars, midsize GMC products, and 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 Buicks too. So it, it what's the power on it? Oh geez, um, oh you're quizzing me. It's something like a three hundred and. 48 pound feet of torque i think it's honestly it's not too far away from the 4.3 liter v6 it's like 310 horsepower and i think 348 pound feet of torque so it's not it's a it's a strong engine uh and it it's not it it, and it runs on regular fuel not premium which is also even more impressive uh compression ratio is something like like 10 to 1 11 to 1 on a turbo and uh it's it's running something like uh, i think maybe 11 or 12 psi it it, they they did a really like this is this is about as advanced as 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 four cylinder engines get right now. Cool. Yeah, and it sounds good too. That's good. Mm. It's weird. It is weird. Is it is it, weird because you you, you got to stop and think. You know, this uh, this engine right was probably uh, conceived and 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 put together something like five years ago uh, when you were staring down the barrel of really strict cafe regulations that no one was ever going to make period yeah and uh then you know you kind of had that snap reaction in the other direction where you you're having uh, emissions rollbacks or these proposed emissions rollbacks and 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 things like that and now everyone's all fighting and it's just you know you sit back and you crack open another beer and you watch the world burn but at the same time you're seeing (laughs) You're seeing uh, products, you know, and you got to feel for the automakers too, right? Because like they're working with, they got they have to forecast all of this data, and they're never going to be able to move as quick as as the market demands. Well, market demands, re- regime changes, and stuff like that. Like it's just they're all at the mercy of both of those things. So, long story short, you know, is the is the two point seven liter turbo ever was did it ever belong in this truck? Uh, you know, I, I think I think the market's gonna gonna let everyone decide on that. Uh, oh. I think that it's 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 definitely geared more towards uh, commuters that are gonna use their Silverado maybe to just tow like a jet ski, and they just like it's a, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. But like they're all, they also like having the truck bed. They like the way the trucks ride because truck 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 pickup trucks are some of the nicest riding things that you can buy. Period. You know, long wheelbase, good suspension. You've got great presence on the road. You've got good ride height. Like there, there, it's a very convenient thing to drive, so long as it fits in your driveway, because these trucks are not small. No doubt, no doubt. I've got a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I still drive and I love it. It's a WTK2. It's a 2012. And sometimes I'll park next to a full size truck and I'll be like, that thing is freaking huge compared <laughs> to what I'm driving. Oh, and man. I'm driving a full-size suv all well i guess i wouldn't say full-size but jeep's biggest even the uh even even the uh uh oh geez i lost my train of thought here because i just pulled up my uh my wiki page um for that we have on gm authority basically if you want to ever research an engine yeah uh we've 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 got it down we've got the you know we've got stuff down for like compression ratio what the block's made of uh, everything so i've actually got I've actually got the 2.7 liter. Uh, it's the code name is L3B, and yeah, 10, 10 to one compression. Uh, T5 cast aluminum uh, cylinder heads. The blocks also T5 cast aluminum. Firing order one three four two. Bore is three point six three. Um, stroke is ninety two twenty five. Cool. Huh. Oh wait, no. Excuse wow. me. No. Oof, I was measuring that in millimeters. That that's absurd. Um, three point six three uh to to four point zero one, and uh, three uh, three thousand psi electric throttle control, electric fuel management, and it's built in uh, America. It's built in Tennessee, and three hundred yeah three hundred and ten horsepower, uh, at fifty six hundred rpm, three hundred forty eight pound feet of torque, fifteen hundred to four thousand rpm. So again. It kind of sounds like the same old song and dance with uh, what we've seen in cur- uh, previous GM turbo engines, where that it's all a lot of stuff down low, not too much up high, save for the horsepower. But that boost, it looks like after uh, 4,000 RPM, it, it's going to taper off pretty drastically, uh, especially because 
well, you've got 5,600 RPM is, is peak horsepower. That's a 1,600 RPM difference between horsepower and torque, like peak. Wow. So you, you definitely are going to feel it on the low end. And uh, 0 to 60 time is uh, under 7 seconds. So it's not bad for a big it, ass truck. That's not, impressive. That's not bad for a big ass. <laughs> very impressive. Four cylinder big ass truck. Zero to sixty and under seven. Wow, <laughs> that Dang. tells you something right there. Yeah. Well, they, everyone's saying I. I don't know. Again, I don't. I don't have these numbers on me at at hand. But uh, they're they're all saying, oh, go go drag race an old K two, um, five point three liter V eight, Silverado or Sierra against this new one. Why? Well, apparently this this thing has half the cylinder count and can keep up with it. Hmm. That's why. That's why. Interesting. I thought that I thought we were saying, yeah, go try, yeah, you go drive that, and you'll change your mind, you know, that sort of thing. No, that's so, the fuel economy thing, though. That's the other thing is like you know going back to, you know, why this is in a pickup truck, and everyone assumed this is like supposed to be a fuel economy thing, and and the play is right. It's like, well, pickup truck drivers don't care about fuel economy. Well, they don't. You do, right? right? As an automaker, you were supposed to care about fuel economy because of cafe. Right. So. Uh, now that that's, first of all, don't have to worry about it. Second of all, you managed, I think, something like 20 city, 23 highway or 24 highway. It's it, it it's the first time that a pickup truck was able to get 20 MPG city or 21 MPG city. Um, but overall, your 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 experience will vary, right? Cool. Especially with these little boosted cars. Or uh, <laughs> boot, not cars, engines. Yeah. So, um... Your article will be able will be released the day after this podcast will be released. Yeah, it'll be released Monday, and I'll actually I'll put in um, a lot more, uh, you know, critique into it. Right now, I'm basically just telling everyone about the engines, and it's okay. all just material that's already available. Cool, cool. So they should check out GMAuthority.com on Monday if you want to know about more about the new Silverados mm-hmm. and possibly a, a, a take on this engine being in the Camaro. Cool. Cool. Oh, that's interesting. Let me switch gears here for a second because I saw something on your site this week, and um, it, it piqued my interest. Oh yeah, Chevrolet's bringing back the sh- the Monza in China only. What? <laughs> oh, not just that, but they also are bringing back the carry all name. Oh. Did you see that? So here, so <laughs> oh boy, I, I wanted to get Jason's. I wanted to get Jason's reaction. Oh, so <laughs> he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> The Monza. The Monza. So China. China. Um, China. So the Monza, it, it kind of just looks like a a Malibu or something. With, with, with the, with it the, actually looks like a better version of the Malibu. With, with like the, the, the blazer front end or whatever? No, no, no. It, no? It, it's not that intense looking. Um, it honestly looks like a, like a, a, like a, a smoother... You know, just easier looking on the eyes, uh, Malibu. For crying out loud! Oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the the Monza right was a was a fastback rear, yeah. rear, rear drive coupe. You know, really cool. Um, you know, that was back in the seventies. This thing, nineteen seventy nine Chevy Monza, starts at thirty six fifty nine. This thing is just a blase, you know, <laughs> passenger sedan. And it's only for the Chinese market, where that name means nothing. There. Exactly. Why do you think they would do that? Well, is it, it because it's it's a it's a name that they can use? Sure. And well, because they know, uh, like you know, there it, there would be riots. They can't too. come up with a new name. They can't. Well, here's the thing, too, and it's com- on the complete opposite end of the of the logic here. Because, sure, if you want to use a name that that means nothing over there, and to keep it over there, yeah. You know, so what, right? The, mm-hmm. the U.S. market doesn't have to worry about it. But what they're calling the Blazer here is not the Blazer there. It's called the FNR carry-all concept. Hmm. And it's basically a three-row Chevy Blazer. And you're just like, hmm. Where the Blazer has so much uh, meaning and, and history and, and equity here as this sort of like, especially in the first go-around, this this big body-on-frame SUV that yeah. could go anywhere. Uh, now they've, you know, they're rather appreciating their fairly valuable SUVs. And I had two of them. I had a '93 and a '97. So that was the down, the downsized versions of it. But they're still like body on frame SUVs, fun, you know, like kind of good, good spirited SUVs. And now we've got this unibody thing that is neither Overlander nor 
nor uh, rugged. And in the Chinese market, it's not called that. So it's like you probably could have gotten away with calling it the blazer over there instead and then figuring out what to call it here. But that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And no one will, will ever give you a good answer as to why. Other than, well, it just happened. Shut up. <laughs> that is interesting. Very interesting how they bring back these names for different markets. Them, I keep waiting for the Nova to come back. You know. Oh boy. No, God, no. <laughs> the Nova. You know, there'll be a. No, I was saying there'll be a car built only for Mexico. No. <laughs> uh, well, they, the um, no go. It? The 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 Colorado, I think, is called the S10 in Mexico. Is it? Yeah, and the Silverado is called the Sh- uh, the Cheyenne. Interesting. Yeah, so it's all, yeah, it's a, it's a little wonky, yeah. but I like those names too. The, the S10, I'll tell you, going, going back to, uh, you know, the size of trucks and stuff, you go look at a, a Gen 2 Colorado versus a Gen 1 Colorado, and it's massively different. Like, especially if you get, like, the, you know, the, the, the full box crew cab version, that thing's got the turning circle of a full-size truck. It wow. is a full-size truck. Dang. And... You know, and the same thing, you, you, you look at, like, what a full-size truck was in the 90s, and the proportions of it are about the same. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then you see these things now. The new Silverado, it has the same hood height, yeah. like the front hood, as as the K2 HD trucks. And so, again, you're, like, you're already moving up up size yeah. uh, it going, going forward, and it's just... When does it end? Does it end? Like, <laughs> I saw a story in the free press uh, maybe a month or two ago, and it was... You know, it was probably had like a typical uh, spin on things, but they were talking about how people are remodeling their garages just to accommodate their larger vehicles. Really? Yeah. It's it's the early 2000s all over again. Dang. Dang. Being wow. a garage dweller, I'm kind of a fan of that. Wow. Sure. I mean, just having a, a garage mahal. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Garage mahal. I, like I don't have that. room for that. I like that. I like but- that. I do my YouTube channel yeah. from my garage. That's perfect. Perfect. So Manny, I wanna I wanna ask you a question uh for for our last topic here. We talked last week um about a report that the uh the Lansing Grand River Assembly plant was going to be extending their shutdown for a couple weeks. They're going down to one shift. This is all alleged, you know. Sure. This is a report. Sure, sure, sure. Um then this week we saw a report that comes out that there's going to be some employees moved from Grand uh, the Grand River Assembly Plant to to Flint. So there, a couple things are at play here. Yeah. Um, LGR probably isn't going to be uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not going to be shut down. It's not going to be closed. It's not going to be shuttered. It's not. Uh, I don't even think it's going to be idled right. because. As far as we can tell, um, you know, Cadillac's got two new passenger cars coming along the pipeline. We are under this, you know, very strong assumption that they're going to be built in LGR. Uh, And same with Camaro 7. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a lot of talk about GM importing stuff from China more often in the future. But I I don't think that's going to fly, even even if there aren't any tariffs like you're you're already seeing a, a bit of uproar and a, and a bit of like customer reluctance to, to buy uh, products and sure, from China. Sure. Yeah. So I am assuming that this is a bit of, yes, the acknowledgement that eight, first of all, Cadillac ATS and CTS are, this is their final year. Um, and they haven't sold well ever. And Camaro, same thing. They're how ha- it's also having sales problems. So you've got three passenger cars that aren't selling that well. And they're in a they're in a, a plant that is also about to receive presumably new product. Right. So that's happening while the Flint plant, which builds the HD trucks, uh, you're still they're still cranking them out. They're still selling them at pretty good clip. And you know, as we've seen back from the teaser images in April, there's a new one coming, and that probably also has to get ramped up as well. So there, there's that dynamic happening. I'm glad that they're transferring people and not so much laying them off. Lansing and Flint aren't too far apart from each other, yeah. so people probably don't even have to move. You know, but that's also like their prerogative. Sure. Um, they're also moving people from. Uh, uh, according to a report, I think it was a. 
and we reported on it too, but it was uh, either, uh, I, I want to say automotive, automotive News broke it first, and that the Pontiac uh, propulsion facility is also, the renovation there is, is being um, suspended. Uh, pretty much it's just not going to happen. And uh, they're working on transferring workers from Pontiac to to Warren, to Warren, where a lot of renovations already been happening. Although they did suspend uh, the design center renovations, which again I'm not, uh, I'm not too too thrilled on that news. Uh, I I, you know, you're especially considering how much stuff you know future product wise is is coming in the pipeline. So, mm-hmm. you know, I looking at the the tea leaves best we can. You know, it just seems that there's going to be a lot of worker transfer uh, from Pontiac. Pontiac isn't closing, though. They still are, are going to rely heavily on it for things like uh, motorsports and I think some other stuff. But, uh, you know, the the things like new engine development and things like that, that's all just going to be in Warren. Okay. They're consolidating campuses. And the thing is, too, is like GM is already so spread out as a company, right? There was Pontiac, the powertrain headquarters. Mm-hmm. There was the Warren Engineering headquarters, and it just kind of seems to me, it was like, well, those two should have always been the same thing. Um, and then you've got the Renaissance Center, and then you've got the the, the giant Disneyland, right, Milford Proving Grounds. Mm. And you've also got the Yuma Proving Grounds in Arizona. And yeah, so, like, you know, there's a lot of facilities um, that are all major, major components to how things get done at GM. And at the same time, it you know, in the same reason why people are saying Cadillac moved back to Michigan is purely logistical, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, hopefully it it promotes more, more synergy and and helps expedite the vehicle development process. And, you know, hopefully the, you know, casualties are, are minimal, but I really don't know outside of that. Well, we just want to talk about that a little bit since we, we, Mm -hmm. we touched on that a little bit last week and, you know, it's simply, I don't want to throw out a headline and then have people say, "Oh, Camaro's not selling. They're they're oh, cutting right. it. They're, they're it's, no, it's, it's I, no, done. No, no, um, no. They're going to go out a bit. No, no, not not at all. No, they're not. I told you, you know, the, the, it looks like crap, and it's not, you know. <laughs> well, the why do you think they're adjusting it, right? Mm-hmm. But but the thing is, is they got to pivot when they when they need to pivot. They're, you know, they're pivoting quick, at least, especially as far as like you know the industry. You know, a year is like a a, a fortnight in the industry. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's no time at all. And, uh, yeah, the, the Camaro is not going away. No, no, it's, it's, you know, I, who, I, I forget who, who said it, but they're working on seven and eight. Yeah. Settlemeyer. Yeah. So, you know, we, I'm strongly looking forward to it and, you know, I've, I'm a big fan of the Camaro as, as we all are. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure that a lot of the guys have been reading, you know, my, my op-eds, my editorials on, on what I think the car needs to have in order to kind of ensure its future success, like all-wheel drive. I think the practicality of a liftback would also make sense. Um, and also just kind of give the engines a bit more of a American muscle type of theme to them. I actually think that a 4.3-liter V6 would be really freaking cool and also <laughs> a very like unique offering in, in, a, in a car like that. And then you you move up. You, have like your, you can have your small... yeah. Uh, your, your your small V8 engine offering 5.3, and then you move up to 6.2, supercharged 6.2, and and you're also you're reducing complexity by by sharing uh, an engine family with the trucks, which are wa- going to be wildly profitable, and thus you can kind of factor in the economies yeah. of scale and 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 use the components in the trucks at least a little bit, maybe like you know change the valves and and make it like a higher compression, higher revving uh, engines, but. You know, overall, that that's the theme. At least I think that that'll do well. And you know, they're they're always going to have more data than me, and they're always going to do what they think is best for the car and for the customer. But uh, you know, I just I I hope that the car can can rebound seriously because it it it's such a good car to drive. It's so fun. Yeah. It looks good, and you 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 just this is one of those. American icons that we, as a, as an, you know, it, it, it was, it's a, it's a major contribution to American culture. We need this car. We need this car. It's yeah. a symbol. Toast, toast to that. 
Cheers. Cheers. Okay. I know we're way over time, but I want to end with something. I've been thinking about this while we're okay. talking. Yes. We do this. We we Manny. We have you in once every quarter, give or take, to talk about the state of things. Every month. Yeah. Point of view. Month, month, two months. Yeah. All right. So we're approaching the end of 2018. Mm. I'm sure we're gonna do this sort of thing towards the end of 2019. So here's what I want to ask all of you, in three sentences or less, each of us, including myself. I haven't even actually thought about this other than the the premise. What do we think is going to happen between now and the next time we do this? The same time this year, the next. Uh, so next, like mid next mid, mid November twenty nineteen. Mid November twenty nineteen. What do we expect to see by then? Chris, you go. Okay, this is what I'm hoping to see. Okay. I want to see a street racing badass drag racer that competes with the Dodge Demon, the Hellcats, um, something that's a straight line. High horsepower, just streetlight to streetlight, badass mobile, badass in a, Camaro. And a Camaro. Yes. A Camaro. Okay. All right. Good. Manny, you're up. Uh, I think the Z28 is going to come back. Ooh. He stole mine. Ooh. He stole mine. <laughs> we know that we're going to see a mid-engine Corvette come out, but what kind, what style, and what, uh, what, uh, what price point? It's either Ooh. going to be shockingly low or shockingly high. Um, oh, here he goes. I was leading you on that. I, I, I think shockingly low. I th- I've heard that more than once. Yeah. All right. I we'll think, I, that. I, I we'll think, I think that, that $170,000 rumor is complete. I, I agree. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not a Corvette price. Wow. No. So. Yeah. All right. That's well, good. Well, we're, you know what? We're going to do this again next November. We'll see how close we are. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, Manny, thank you as always thank for, you for joining us. We always have a good time. Love uh, you. Guys, go make sure you check out gmauthority.com, especially on this Monday. Uh, if you like what we're talking about with the trucks, uh, you can read all about it then. And um, do you got anything else, Jason, you want to talk about? I'll add to what you're saying. When you get over to gmauthority.com, make sure you subscribe to the newsletters. Manny, am I right? You're right. Uh, we're also uh, we're also hiring uh, experienced writers, so if you want to uh, be part of the team, uh, inquire within. Please, serious inquiries only. Experienced inquiries only. Uh, I don't have time to to coach you into something that I need. So, in other words, if you like to talk about cars but you've never written about cars, just enjoy subscribing to the newsletter. <laughs> but if you've actually been in journalism, yeah, and, and, and written and and, and, yeah. and written and you and you have you have documentation of, of, of articles that have been published, Manny wants to talk to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, your PR guy, <laughs> you're you're great, Jason. <laughs> in other words, don't mess with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we will be back at, back at it next week. Don't forget to get your voicemails in, uh, comment on, on whatever we've been talking about here, and then we can address it in next week's show. So uh, until right. then, we'll see you guys later. Thanks, Manny. Bye. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to The Camaro Show. Don't forget, drop us a voicemail at 586-486-3182. We'll see you next week. See, see ya. ya.